Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Welcome again. We're believing God to bring the Word of God to you. And just wherever you're at, you know, I started to, to start off the message tonight by saying, grab you a cup of coffee in your Word. But this isn't coffee in the Word. This is our midweek service. And so uh, we're going to be teaching you the Word, bringing the Word of God to you. So I encourage you, you can get a cup of coffee. That's one of the, uh, the benefits right now, being at home. But we wish you were here. And we're, you know, it's coming soon. We're going to be able to get back together, and we're going to have celebrations. The anointing's going to flow in, in the corporate anointing. But, you know, right now we can enjoy that individual anointing and that family anointing as we gather around, get in the Word, worship God, and minister to the Lord. So, you know, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. So set yourself to just hear this Word. Let it just just penetrate your mind and all the cares and get down into your thought life and then get it down in your heart because when that word gets in your mind and it gets down in your heart it becomes life to your flesh praise God so we're going to believe God I believe God's given me a good message to share with you and so I just want you to open up your heart and just set yourself right now Lord we're going to receive this word so let's pray we'll get in the word and let that word get into us let's pray father we thank you now and praise you for the great joy it is to open up the word of God we trust you Holy Spirit to grant us utterance and Lord God we just set ourselves to have ears to hear and eyes to see and we, play, we just believe you right now, Lord, for your anointing to fall upon every person, no matter where they're at. And that, Lord God, right now, we receive that fresh anointing flowing. We receive that fresh manna from heaven through your word. And we receive our faith strengthened and encouraged. And we just give you praise for doing a mighty work in our lives. And we receive these things done in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want you to turn to your, in your Bible to 1 John chapter 5. And we're going to look in the verses 4 and 5, but before we do, you know, I was just thinking as we were coming out here, you know, we're living in a world of conflict. You know, in fact, the Lord Jesus Christ said in John 16, 33, he said, uh, I've spoken these things to you that in me you may have peace, but in the world you will have tribulation. In other words, he says, while you're living in this world, you're going to test trials, struggles, and problems. But he finished it up by saying, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. In other words, I've deprived the world of its right to defeat you. Now, that doesn't mean you're not going to have tests and trials, but it means that you can get victory in every test or trial that comes your way. You know, in Psalm uh, 34 19 David said in the Old Testament he said many are the afflictions of the righteous that means that though you're walking in right standing with God you're living for God you're doing good things you know there's still attacks we live in a world that is is you know actually dominated by wrong spirits Satan in 2 Corinthians 4 4 is called the God of this world system and so throughout the New Testament especially we have the Apostle Paul in, in his writings, and then the, also the Apostle Peter, James. All the apostles talk to us and minister to us about standing strong. Even the Lord Jesus, you know, he, he warned us in, in the, the teaching of the parable of the sower there, Mark chapter 4. He said in verse 14, the sower sows the word. Then he said in verse 15, and Satan comes immediately to steal the word out of your heart. In other words, the devil will try to get God's word out of your life. He'll try to get you hopeless. He'll try to get you insecure. He'll try to get get you fighting your battles in your own strength, but you don't have to fight battles in your own strength. What you have to do is get over into faith where you can trust God and walk in the victory that the Lord provides for you. In fact, in 1 Timothy 6, 12, the Bible says we're to fight the good fight of faith. And then also in 1 Peter chapter 5, you know, we read over there in verses 8 and 9 that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the apostle Peter says that Satan is like a roaring lion 
Roaming about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist what? Steadfast in the faith. So it's important that we have faith. It's important that we put our trust in God. It's important that we, we have a confidence in our walk with God. Because every day we're going to face tests and trials, just like this pandemic that, that's hit the world. You know, we, we can't stop it maybe from hitting the world, but we can stop it from dominating our lives and bringing destruction into our lives. We can walk in faith right through this thing, and we can trust God for the victory. And in fact, that's what John is saying here in 1 John chapter 5. In the New King James, it reads it like this. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. I like that. Whatever is born of God overcomes whatever the world throws at it. And then he says this, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. In other words, if I'm going to overcome what the world is throwing at me, I have to overcome it through my faith in God. And then he says this, who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, let me read this to you in the Amplified Bible. It reads it like this. For whatever is born of God is victorious over the world. I like that. If I'm born of God, Jesus is my Lord, then I have been given the victory over what the world's throwing at me. And he says, and this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. Now, you need to get a hold of this. Even though the Lord has, has redeemed us from the curse, the Lord has delivered us from the power and the authority of darkness, the Lord has brought us into a place where we can walk in righteousness with Him and, and, and walk in the promises of God. And even though He said that if we're born of God, we're victorious, notice He says in verse 4, this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. Notice you still have to conquer that. That means you still have to go up against it. It's not just an automatic victory. You don't win by default you win by faith you have to exert faith you have to trust God you have to step out into a place where you conquer whatever the adversary is throwing at you when he comes to steal the word out of your life and make you feel insecure and defeated you have to fight him with your faith and hang on to that word and let it produce because in First, uh, in Mark chapter 4, 20 says that when that word gets in your heart and you set yourself to receive it, believe it, and do it, it'll produce fruit in your life. It will produce the victory in your life, praise God. And so therefore, we are going to have to learn how to operate in faith because this is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. And then he says this, who is he that is victorious, that conquers the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God, now listen to this part, who adheres to Trust in and relies on that fact. What's that mean? I'm relying on the fact that Jesus Christ is Lord. That he has conquered devils, he's conquered the demons, he's conquered sickness, he's conquered death, he's conquered everything that's coming against me. Every attack, every affliction, every struggle, every trouble, everything the enemy is throwing at me today, my faith is this, that Jesus Christ is Lord over those things and he is, has authority over them. And in him, if my faith is established in him, I can conquer whatever the world is throwing at me. I don't know what you're facing right now, but whatever you're facing, you can conquer it by your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because, see, the Lord Jesus, in Him, you're redeemed from the curse. In the Lord Jesus, you're delivered from the powers of darkness, Colossians 1, 12, and 13 says. And you've been translated into the kingdom of the Son of God, made a partaker of the inheritance of Christ. You are, you are no longer under the authority of the world. You know, the old saying is this, we live in the world, but we're not of this world. Why? Because in 
Ephesians 2 says our citizenship is in heaven. In other words, I'm a kingdom child of God. I live in this world. I live in a body that is affected by this world, but my inner man is born of God. In the inside, I have faith. On the inside, I'm recreated. I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus, and I'm, I'm hooked up with the Lord. And devils and demons do not have a right to lord it over me. Jesus is now my Lord. And so when I put my trust in that and begin to walk in that, then praise God, I can have victory and be a conqueror no matter what's coming my way. Now I want you to see another scripture in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6. The Bible says this, but without faith it is impossible to please him, him being God. So now, all of a sudden, John says that this is the victory that helps us to conquer and, and be victorious over the attacks of the world, even our faith. And then here in Hebrews 11, it says, but without this kind of faith, you can't please God. Well, how many of you know that if you can't please God, you can't get a victory? Because it's your faith in God that pleases him and puts you in a place with him where he will help you to fight your battles and be an overcomer in this life. Notice what he says here. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Notice here that the apostle writing to the Hebrews in Hebrews eleven six writes and says this. Number one, you have to have faith in God if you're going to walk in victory. And then, here's the thing. Victorious faith has to believe the right things about God. You know, a lot of us, the reason our faith isn't working is because of what we believe about God. You see, what you believe God is, is just as important as believing that there is a God. If I believe God is my healer, then, then my faith will work to get healing. If I believe that God is my provider, then I will have faith to trust Him to meet my needs. If I believe that God is my covering, and He watches over me and takes care of me, then praise God, my faith will operate whenever the enemy's coming in like a flood. You see, I have to have the right believing. My believing has to be right. God, what I believe about God is going to affect my attitude, is going to affect my confidence, is going to affect how I carry myself, how I deal with things. When trouble comes, what I believe about God will determine whether or not I get victory or I'm defeated. So I want to take these next few moments. I want to give you three things, three revelations that you need to believe about God if you want to have world overcoming faith. If you want your faith to overcome, if you want to be victorious when the world's throwing everything it has towards you, you really need to believe these three things that God is. Amen. The first one's found in Romans chapter 8. And we look over here in, in Romans 8, 31, we'll start reading there. And the Apostle Paul tells us the first thing that God is in verse 31. And he says this, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? You know, the very first thing that we must believe that God is, we've got to believe that God is for us. Amen. How can you go into battle if you don't believe God is for you? God is going to battle for you. God is going to be for you. God is, 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 is on your side. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, the first thing when he says, he that comes to God must believe he is, I have to believe he's for me. God is for me getting delivered. God is for me being set free. God is for me being victorious. God is for me. In other words, he, he's, he's on my side. He's going to be with me on this thing, praise God. He's, he's cheering me on. In fact, the Apostle Paul goes on and he says this. He goes on in, in, in verse 32. He says, He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up on, for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? See, God is for me. 
And he's so for me that he sent Jesus to take my place and die in my stead. And Jesus, when Jesus was raised from the dead, Ephesians 2 says, I was raised up and seated in heavenly places with him. In other words, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead was released to raise me up. And now that Jesus is raised up and seated at the right hand of God, Jesus is Lord and through the Lordship of Jesus, that's why you have to believe in Jesus. What is the victory that, that gives us this faith? It's, it's believing in Jesus. Amen. It's putting our faith in Jesus. Why? Because it's through the Lord Jesus Christ that God freely brings all these things into our life. In other words, it's our, my walk with the Lord is what qualifies me to get victory over the enemy. And it's what qualifies me to walk in, in authority and power. It's what qualifies me to have confidence because I know that that if Jesus is my Lord, God is for me. And God is there to help me. And God's going to work with me. Amen? Look what he says. He says, who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. No, it says, God's for me. And God said, who do you think you are attacking my children? What do you think you are trying to defeat my children? How can you bring a charge? He said, I've justified them. I've brought them up. I qualify them and I'm for them. Now notice what he says. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? And you see, what you've got to understand is this. Whatever the test is that's coming against you right now, whatever it is, whether it's, it's thoughts, whether it's, it's, it's symptoms, whether it's circumstances or people, whatever, whatever's coming against you right now is to come to separate you from God. It's to get you to doubt your walk with God is to break your relationship with the Lord notice he says this who is he that condemns it is Christ that died furthermore is risen from the dead who is even at the right hand of God who also makes intercession for us in other words God is saying here Jesus is standing in the gap for you and he says this who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall tribulation in other words when you're going through a test that test has come to separate you from God he says, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. You know what the devil wants to do? He wants you to forget that you're in relationship with God. He wants you to forget that God is for you. He wants you to forget that Jesus died for your sins, was raised for your justification, and Jesus is your intercessor, and that he's your high priest, and he's interceding, and he's there for you, and that through the Lord Jesus Christ, God is for you and wants to bless you. He wants you to forget those things when all these attacks are coming your way. He wants you to be isolated and feel like you're all alone, that you have to do it yourself, and that way he's going to separate you. So he says this, he says, in all these things, things, you actually feel like you're a sheep being led to the slaughter. In other words, sometimes we don't feel God's presence, but just because you don't feel his presence doesn't mean he's not for you. Sometimes it looks like the world is collapsing in on us, but that doesn't mean that God isn't for us and that he hasn't already provided a way of victory for us. Amen. In fact, 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says that with every test and trial and tribulation and temptation and every struggle that you and I face, God has already provided a way to escape and get out of that thing. Why? He's for us. Praise God. So what does the, the, the Paul finally say here in verse 37? Yet in all these things. Notice he said, in all these things meaning what if you live long enough and you serve God diligently enough you're probably going to experience a lot if not all of these things that he just listed here and probably more yet in all these things 
We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Glory to God. What's he saying? He said, even though all these things are flooding in, when your faith is in the Lord and you know you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you knew God is for you, that you will stand your ground and with God's help, you will walk right through that and be more than a conqueror. But you see, you have to use your faith because what did he say once again? He said over here, and this is the victory that conquers the world, even our faith. In other words, I have to conquer that through my faith, believing that number one, God is for me. So when I come to God, I believe he is for me. Number two is found in Hebrews chapter 13. And we find these words here in Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. And the apostle, again, writing to the Hebrew Christian, says this, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. In other words, he's saying this, Walk holy before God, and, 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 and don't be all anxious about everything around you. Don't be concerned. You know, Jesus taught in Matthew 6, Don't take any thought for tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. What you, don't, don't walk around here saying, How am I going to make it? What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? What are we gonna, how are we going to live? No, he says, be content. Just, just come into a place where you're secure in Christ. That you know that God, first of all, is for you. And that God has already provided a way for you to get through this. And so he says, just move into that contentment with God. And he says this, for he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Notice the second thing that you need to get a hold of. What do you need to believe about God? When you come to God, you first of all have to believe that he is for you. And then the second thing is this. You've got to believe that God is with you. Amen. Jesus said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you so that we can have boldness to proclaim our victory right in the midst. You know, if you know that the Lord is with you, it brings contentment to you. Amen. How can you be in fear when you know the Lord is right there in that with you? You know, when the Apostle Paul in Acts 27, you know, the ship had been tossed. In two weeks, they've been in the storm, and God had warned him not to go. But Paul comes out with a contentment. He comes out with a peace. Why? Because he said, it's going to be all right. I've got a word from God. God is right here with us in this, and he's told me he's going to get us all through this. Praise God. You know, in Matthew chapter 28, when the Lord comes there in verses 18, 19, and 20, he says, all authority is given unto me in heaven and earth. Then he, he delegates that authority to the church, and he says, now, you go in all the world, and you make disciples of all the nations, and you teach them and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And then he says this, he says, and lo, I'm with you always. I'm with you always, even to the end of this age. You know what he's saying? I'm with you, praise God. And when you begin to grasp the revelation that God is with you and you're in that thing and you're not by yourself, you're not alone, you're not in your own strength, God is not only just for you, but he's right there in that with you, praise God. It brings a peace. You know, uh, I, I remember whenever I was oh, 11 or 12 years old, it was in the summertime in July and, and I was at my grandparents' house and, and so... I can remember, you know, my grandfather, my uncle, my dad, and a cousin that was there, my older cousin, Glenn. We, we were all there, and so uh, one of them said, let's go down to the river and go swimming. It was a real hot day that afternoon, nothing's going on, so 
uh, of course, my cousin, I said, we want to go, we want to go. So we did. So here we go. Uh, just us guys. And so we get down the river. Well, down in Big Chimney and Elk River, there's, there's an area called, we call the Shoals. And it wasn't real deep, but it's kind of rapid. And so, you know, uh, we decided they wanted to go there. So uh, my cousin got out and he was a year and a half older than me. So he's a little bit stronger. So he got out and he swam and got out. Well, I followed him in. Well, I got out in there and I started getting a little tired. And so all of a sudden, I'm just a little and I, I put my foot down and I'm OK. It's just up to my my chest. And then it's still sweeping me down the river. But I put my foot down the next time and it's up to my chin. And I realize I'm going into the deep part and I'm tired. And so I start panicking. And so I go, help, somebody help me. And, you know, and I'm thinking, what am I going to do? And all of a sudden I hear this voice and it's my dad. Bear with me. He had seen what was going on. And he came out in the river. And he came right to where I was. And he never grabbed me. He never touched me. He just talked to me. He said, listen, you can do this. Follow me. And he just talked me right over to the bank. And you know something? Just knowing he was with me gave me the strength to get out of that problem and get to victory. And you know something? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, we taught on this last Wednesday, if our earthly fathers being natural know how to give good things to their children, how much more will our heavenly father give good things to us? And Jesus is with us right now. No matter what you're going through, he's with you. And if you'll just listen He'll talk you right through this thing. He'll lead you as a good shepherd right through whatever struggle you're in and get you out of that mess. He'll get you out of the rapids that is quickly throwing you into a place that you don't want to be and get you back over into the calm waters where you can make it to the bank. Listen, you need to have that. So when you come to God, according to Hebrews 11, you have to believe that he is, number one, for you. Number two, he's with you. Praise God. You're not in this thing alone. And then the third thing as we go on is found in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 4. Now listen to what he says here. John writing to the church says this, you are of God little children and have overcome them. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. What's the third revelation you have to believe that God is? You got to believe that God is in you. Hallelujah. Notice he says, for greater is he that is in you than he that's in the world. Praise God. You've got to understand something. God lives in us now. He's become one with us. And we have to become God inside conscious. Meaning that we are the temple of the living God. In 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 6 over here, in fact, uh, you, need to, you just need to see this. Paul writing here to the church of Corinth says, says this in verse 17. But he that is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Notice that I'm joined to the Lord and I'm one spirit with him. But he doesn't stop there. In verse 19 he goes on and says this. Or do you not know? that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God. Notice that. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives inside of me. 
I'm united. I'm one spirit with the Lord. Some people I've heard them say, well, you know, I just didn't believe my prayers even got above the roof. Well, they didn't have to get above your eyebrows. God lives on the inside of you. Hallelujah. He said he would never leave us nor forsake us. He's with us. God is for us and he's, he's, he's there to bring all good things in our hands. But God also lives in us now. We have been joined to the Lord. We're one spirit with the Lord. Notice he goes on, he says this, for you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit which are God's see sometimes people come along and say well God's not so interested in my body but he is notice he said that you're to glorify God in your spirit and your body which belong to God God paid a price so that you and I spiritually emotionally and physically could walk in victory and be victorious in this life that we could overcome whatever the devil's throwing at us that we could overcome whatever the world's coming against us now listen as he said in Romans 8, 37, yet in all these things, sometimes, you know, we have to go through them. It doesn't just happen immediately. But you know what? In all these things, if we keep our faith in God, if we keep our walk solid with the Lord, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. Now, how do you get the, the, the spirit of God on the inside of you? Well, over here in John's gospel, the 14th chapter, listen to what he says. He says here, Jesus is teaching, and he's talking to us about, about actually believing on him. He's talking about us, you know, doing his works. He talks to us about using his name and walking the authority of his name. But then he gets down here, and, and, and we, we see in verse 15, and he says this. He says, if you love me, keep my commandments. In other words, if you really love me, choose to live the life that I have for you. Order your life according to my word. In other words, just don't live any way. Live your life according to the word. Somebody says, how do you, how, what do you mean keep his commandments? Uh, is that come under the law? No, no, no. That means this. Whatever the word says, do it. Yeah, but I don't feel like it. He didn't say those that love me and feel like keeping my commandments. No, he said, if you love me, just take the word and say, I'm going to make the word how I live. I'm going to order my conduct according to the Word. I'm going to renew my mind to think like the Word. I'm going to uh, cause my words that come out of my mouth to line up with what God says. I'm going to treat other people the way the Word says I'm supposed to treat them. Whether they treat me right or not, I'm going to choose to do the right thing. Now, here's the thing. That's why I say walk of faith. You know, 2 Corinthians 5, 7, we walk by faith. Because you're not going to get there overnight. See, you're going to have to get in the Word and stay with the Word and walk in the Word. In fact, over here, I, I always refer back to John's Gospel in the 8th chapter uh, when Jesus got the, the people, he's teaching to, to the people in verses 30, 31, and 32. He says, and as he spoke these words, many believed in him. In other words, they believed on the Lord Jesus Christ because of his Word. And you know, we have to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ because of his Word. But then knows what the instruction of the Lord is to those people. And Jesus said to those Jews who believed in him, If you abide or continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Notice he said this. He said, you had to stay with the word until it changes what you think. You have to stay with the Word until it takes you out of bondage and brings you into freedom. The Word of God will work with you, but you have to make the decision to keep 
the commandments. And God's word is his commandments. It's his his word to us. And notice he says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Why? We've already seen in Mark 4.15 that the devil is the thief that comes to steal the word. So you have to grab a hold of God's word, get it in your mind, get it in your heart, and choose to do it. Amen? Now look what he says this. And he says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Look at this. But you know him, for he dwells with you and shall be in you. Hallelujah. Notice that the Lord is saying for you to be able to live my life, for you to walk in my word, for you to keep my commandments and be a victorious world overcomer, you need to receive the Spirit of God coming on the inside of you and living in you. And then notice the Lord says, I will not leave you orphans, I will, I, but I will come to you. I'll not leave you desert, bereaved, forlorn, on your own. I'm going to come. In other words, I'm coming to you and, and through the Holy Spirit, I'm going to live and be a part of your life. In fact, in in verse 23 here in John 8, he says, And Jesus answered and said to them, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but that just thrills my heart to know that God has made his dwelling place in my life. That wherever I go, God is with me. He'll not leave me, he'll not forsake me, but he's there to help me. And so all of a sudden now, Hebrews eleven six begins to take on new light to me. What's that? He says, For without faith, in other words, without trust and confidence and relationship with Jesus Christ, you cannot please God. And then he says, here's what your faith has to do. For he that comes to God must believe he is for me, he is with me, and he lives in me. And that he will answer my call. He will work with me, he will bless me, take care of me, and give me that which I'm asking of him. In other words, God is my help in time of trouble, and my faith and my trust is in him. So, what are you going through right now? What are you facing right now? You know, you don't have to be defeated. You, you, you know, you, you may sit there and you're saying, well, you know, I've, I've just been feeling depression. I've been feeling anxiety. I've been feeling, you know, all this insecurity. I've been feeling, what are we going to do? Worry, concern. You know what you need to do? You need to cast your cares over upon the Lord, like the Apostle Peter said. And then you need to go ahead and grab a hold of this. You say, you know, Father, I do confess that Jesus is my Lord. And Lord Jesus, I put my faith in you, and I believe in you. And you said in your word that if I would believe on you, trust in you, adhere to you, and rely upon you, that you would give me faith that overcomes the world. And Lord, whatever that's coming against, all these things that are coming against me, I just believe, Father God, that you are for me, and that you are now with me in this, and you not only with me, you're in me. And greater is he that's in me than he that's coming against me. So in the name of Jesus, I believe I receive victory. And in all these things, I am more than a conqueror through him who loves me. You need to make that decision. You need to make that confession. In fact, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you just need to pray a simple prayer right now. And believe on him. And trust him. Because you see, by faith, you accept Christ just like they did in John chapter 8. You believe on him according to his word. And the word of God in Romans 10, 9 and 10 says that, that, that if you believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God and that he died for your sins 
and that God raised him from the dead for your justification and, and accept him in your heart, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with your mouth of saying, Jesus, I now confess you as my Lord, you shall be saved. So how do you give your life to the Lord? You just make that confession in faith and trust that God does the work in your heart. Maybe you've been going through some things and you've fallen away and gotten a little cold, but God directed you and had a divine appointment for you to hear this message. And you realize that God still is for you and God is still with you. He hasn't left you. And he's still there to, to live in you and help you. First John 1 John 1.9 says, if we confess our faults and our sins and our failures and turn to God in repentance, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You just say, Father, forgive me. I just recommit my life to you. So right now, whatever it is, just say, Lord Jesus, I believe in my heart you are the Son of God. I believe that you, were, you died for my sins. I believe God raised you from the dead and you are Lord. Lord Jesus, forgive me for every sin and failure. And Lord, come into my heart. I believe I'm forgiven. I believe things are defeated that have tried to hold me in bondage. And Jesus Christ is now my Lord. Amen. Now, if you just prayed that and spoke that out, lift your hands up and begin to thank God and praise God and give him the glory because Jesus is there to get you through. Listen, if God be for me, who cares who's against me? Because he's going to get me the victory. Amen? Listen, I've enjoyed bringing this message to you, and I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you to live this life, walk it out. Praise God. This thing's coming to an end. You're going to survive and thrive, and we're going to come out of this thing victorious, and we're going to see great and mighty things in front of us. Amen? Listen, if you've enjoyed this, we want to talk to all the folks that hooked up here with New Life that, that we want to encourage you here as we close down this, this evening service. If you'd like to sow a seed, we would invite you to, to sow. Bring your tithes, offerings before the Lord. Sow them in. You know, Hebrews 7 says, Here men that die receive tithes, but there he receives them. In other words, what you give and you give it unto the Lord, God receives it as an act of faith and as an act of offering and sacrifice from you. There are different ways you can give here at New Life. You can give online. Yeah, you can uh, write a check and, and mail it, drop it by the office during the office hours, Monday through Thursday. Text gift that's all on the screen there before you. But I, I encourage you to keep giving, keep sowing. You know, uh, over in, in Genesis, I, you know, we, we find that, you know, uh, God had Isaac and he raised him up. And Isaac, like, he, he faced a famine in the same time, uh, you know, of his life that Abraham. And he was going to go down to, uh, you know, another country. But God said, just stay put and sow. And you know what? He sowed in that land and God blessed him so much because he sowed in a time of famine that God turned that thing around. Now, I'm not going to tell you that God's going to make you a millionaire, but I'm going to tell you, God honors your faith when you trust Him. So right now, let's pray. Father, we thank you right now. We just thank you, Lord. We just choose to give. We just support the ministry. We sow into the kingdom of God. And Lord, we thank you for blessing us, providing for us, and we release these gifts into your hands, Lord Jesus, as our high priest. We thank you for placing them before the altar of God. And Father, we receive your blessing falling upon us and upon all those around us. For we give in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Listen, great things are coming. We encourage you to stay put, stay strong, stay in faith. And until next time, I'm praying for you that God's very best will be yours.